one shot at a time. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another week of the Enjoy the Walk podcast. Your host here, Dalton, joined by, as always, my sidekick, my man on the left, my man on the right, wherever he decides to fall. Uh, when we edit the YouTube videos, Dante. Um, Dante, we've got all kinds of good stuff happening over the Memorial Day weekend. Hot weather brought us a lot of golf here on the East Coast. So let's dive right in, man. You got to play out at Running Deer a good bit, uh, as well as looking forward to some match play, as well as we both are with both of our clubs getting some match play events in. So how was the weekend, brother? I was good. It was a good, fresh kind of like start of the summer. I actually played at three separate courses, but all in the realm of my membership. Um, played at one course that, you know, always kind of got knocked on a lot because it's never really in the best of shape. It's kind of quirky. They say you need to wear a helmet hat because balls are flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's called Valley Brook Country Club. It's right there in like Blackwood, New Jersey. And it's it's literally crammed in like basically row home mm-hmm. development. And I mean, it's got some goofy holes, but you know, every now and then it it's, it's a nice kind of course to challenge kind of your uh your decision making off the tee it's not necessarily a bomb and gouge uh course and honestly i was very impressed the way the conditions were i mean it was a little wet because we got slammed <laughs> with uh rain friday night but you know it was a good time played with my dad then played in a money game at riverwinds right there on the water so that's always a treat um you know got that you know delaware dirty river uh breeze <laughs> to keep you cool but uh and then you know, say, play is the that home. what you're gloating about? Dirty Delaware uh, River air? Everybody's gonna talk about dirty Jersey and everybody talks about how nasty the Delaware River River is. But I mean, one cool thing though is obviously I posted a lot on the gram is the the 17th hole with the it's an island par three downhill, no further than 140 yards all the way to the back. We're mainly playing like the member set tees, which I mean they usually plays like 125, anywhere from like 115 like 125 but all downhill and it's cool because it's in the the islands right in the cove they call it the cove and like all all the boaters and whatnot they all show up so middle prime summer man you go at the right time you'll see like all these boats so it's kind of a cool view and then literally across the river you got the philadelphia port and you got the philadelphia airport so you just see airplanes just fly and take off all day that's one of the coolest vibes that like you can get at any golf course is just the ability to see and watch like airplanes go and come in all day long. I think it's well, one of the coolest things you can have as a golfer. Funny story about that. Um, we were playing one year when every year they've had the uh, army Navy game. They always have it at the Lincoln financial field, the Eagle stadium. Right. Um, so we we're, I, I didn't dawn on me at the time, uh, but we were playing golf. We were, walking up the 10th fairway. It was the, it was a par five, you know, we're, we're halfway through. And next thing I know, like, you know, I look up and I see this plane. Well, you know, it's, it's the United States army versus the United States Navy, right? You know, big ordeal. It's awesome. Like great event to always have. And then you watch it all, you know, all the cadets and all that. They're like pumped. The ones that are in the Academy. Next thing I know, I'm seeing i uh, I'm seeing a plane flying. It's air force one. <laughs> president's coming on i think i think it was trump at the time trump's flying in um so that was like super cool to see i mean that plane's huge and then you look around there's probably about 
seven or eight Blackhawks just floating the surrounding area. And they're just like on top of you. And they clearly know everything about me, which is wild to see. You know, and, it's absurd. Um, and, I, and I've seen the same like pomp and circumstance, but it's just standard security for Air Force One. Now that Biden is president, he's got a place up in Rehoboth. You know, if you're driving, especially in my old job, when I was driving down Delaware beaches, Dewey, Rehoboth, Bethany, um, you'd see that every now and then a ton of helicopter, um, you know, kind of surveillance, I guess you would call oh. it. And well, he's he's big in Delaware, too, now, because he's, like, from the area and whatnot. So he comes to Wilmington all the time. Uh-huh. So you see all, like, the – when you're over there, because I think my girlfriend's uh, mom one time, she took a spin class one day, and the first lady, Joe Biden, was, like, right there. And she said <laughs> the funny story was the fact that the uh, security – the do, like, the security that was with them took the class as well. Because, like, you know, you got to – I gotta, love it. You know, it, these are, like – you know, it's the president and, and, and the first lady, right. You know, the highest yeah. of high in the, uh, the United States. And next thing, you know, my girlfriend's mom's like looking over, you know, paddling, doing this spin class. And, you know, obviously you had the first lady, Joe Biden. And then next thing, you know, I thought the funniest part of the story was the security guard was getting after it as well. You so, can only imagine a security guard, probably big dude, just in oh, there, yeah. just on a spin just class. Sweat Joe just Biden's like, right beside him. <laughs> pretty much. So that that was a cool story. But it, that, that's always kind of cool to see. You don't really see that kind of stuff too often. And it, it was kind of a, you know, you kind of have to, like, take a step back and realize, like, whoa, that that's, like, I'm seeing that. And that plane is massive. Like, and that was in the air coming on for a landing. And just to see that thing, I was like, holy smoke. So that, that was always a good vibe. But I mean, obviously that wasn't, that was like a few years ago. Um, but then again, I, I went I down it. to the, the home course and, and played it on Monday. I mean, and I almost like had a heat stroke, but speaking of vibes, I mean, vibes are, vibes are back, right? It is gone. Vibes are finally. Back. I mean, I love it. You're playing every, every other day. It seems like if not every day, um, I had this wonderful, like layover period between the old job and the new job. Yeah. I got to play. I mean, a bunch I'm of assuming rounds. you're playing. I know. Oh, I, I played, uh, I played out at ocean city country club, their Newport Bay course, which is just in fantastic shape. Uh, got out on Memorial day weekend with my pops. One day, uh, we played man of war or war admiral, uh, funny story. We, uh, attempted to get out on Friday afternoon with Parker Bratton from the first tee of Baltimore. Shout out Parker. He texted me. He was coming into town, ocean city and said, Hey, let's nice. get out and play. Um, we got three and a half holes in on Friday before the sky. Yes, you told me that. And that uh, so we ended up just having some good beverages and enjoying the evening, but we did get out and play a full 18 on Saturday, which was a oh, ton nice. of fun. Um, courses down here, Dante, I don't know about where you're at up there in Jersey courses down here in ocean city, Maryland are pristine conditions right now for as much play as they get. I was, I was actually shocked. And my dad said it a couple times during the day. And my dad makes a note to tell you how good the golf course is playing. You know, it's in really good shape because he can kind of be a little particular about his golf course conditions. You know what? He's retired, right? Oh, yeah. See, I'm starting to notice that because I play with my father as well. And he's he's well in the retirement. And it's got to be almost like a 73 to 75 day. No cloud in the sky. the wind has to be like the stillest, but it has to have be a slight breeze. And God forbid, if there's like one cloud in the sky or maybe there's a 1% chance of rain, 
all hell breaks loose. And he's like, I'm not playing. I'm like, but you're never going to get to play. I was shocked on Friday when the wind was whipping and that storm was coming in that my yeah. dad even went out with us and gave it a try the whole time. Wow. I don't play golf in this shit. One yeah. raindrop and I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he does my, I mean, I'm sure your dad as well. My dad has a good point. He goes, well, you know, I'm retired. Why do I, why do I want to go out and suffer and play in like bad weather? But I said, did you not see the last spring that we just had? I said, we have not had a great day yet. I think this weekend was, besides like the couple storms coming through and a little bit of the heat, I don't think we've had three consecutive days of that nice of weather. No, yet. and this weekend was so nice, man, just to get out and play. Um, I know you played a lot and, and might have made a bad decision uh, choosing Terrible. to play again on a third time in a row or a fourth time. Um, and, and this is going to get us into the conversation of should you carry or should you push or – what, what should you do? Because you ran into some issues. I did run into some issues. And I know we were talking off off, uh, off recording here. And I know we'll get into it as we get into this little conversation about you might be more towards the push part mafia. But obviously, as Enjoy the Walk podcast, you know, we want to rep- represent our brand and walk as much as we possibly can. Um, I decided to, knowing that I was going to be playing Saturday sunday and monday which i haven't been playing basically more like consecutive days of 18 holes like that where it was i rode with my dad at a course that's very it was pretty hilly so i decided all right i'll take a cart and then sunday that's another conversation we can get into three of the guys that i got paired up with all ride so am i that guy who just like decides to just throw it on his back decision on your hand and or do i just you know go with the group to make things a little bit easier and ride so i decided to ride um and i guess i decided monday i said you know i haven't walked i that's primarily why i really enjoy the game half the time because Mm -hmm. i as the you know buddy of mine said his grandfather said that's like the only way it's supposed to be played and i kind of like to take that every time i play because i enjoy it more when you know i carry the bag but I decided to do it on the hottest day of the weekend. And I think I got to the 13th hole. I, I brought like a gallon of water. And luckily, the guys I was playing with, I was able to leave it in their cart. But every hole, you know, I was, you know, t- drinking water, trying to stay hydrated. But I think the heat just got to me. Next thing I know, I'm like, I'm like walking and I'm kind of stumbling and my legs are getting real heavy. I mean, <laughs> to the point where I said, this, this isn't right, you know, being you know, early thirties here. I said, this, this isn't right. So I ended up actually taking a cart for like the last five holes, but pretty sure I either had heat exhaustion or I was on my way to like a heat stroke. It's kind of scary at a little point, but to me, this was the first couple days where it was hot enough to even think about that. Right. Cause like up until yeah. this year, there were some warmer days, but nothing absolutely nuts. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden nineties and my, my car on the way to the barbershop today said one one. Now I know yeah. it was sitting in the, it was sitting in the heat a little bit, but still it, it was up there today. And especially yesterday as well, where it was like almost unbearable to think about walking. Yeah. It kind of stems the question is, you know, you obviously the summer's hitting you, you know, we're going to hit that time where it's going to be like yesterday and today, which yep the question comes up to like, what, what's the play? Like, 
are we going to start looking at not only temperature, are we going to look at the humidity? Are we going to look at kind of the real feel, the heat index? Are we going to look at all those, you know, literal or deep, like those bigger, but literal details that not many people kind of pay attention to in regards, all right, is that going to be my decision whether I decide to ride or walk? Or as you like to, you know, you're becoming a big fan of you using the, uh, push cart and becoming part of push cart mafia here. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's my thing. You made a comment when we were off air and I directly do this, right? You said you had a gallon of water and you had to put it in another guy's cart. Well, personally, my favorite part of push cart mafia is being able to carry a stupid amount of water and snacks and whatever you have it, right? If I want to I want to grab like two or three drinks at the turn, that little caddy underneath the wheelbase. If you get one that has one of those, it's just perfect to kind of throw stuff in. I'm a big, big fan of it after doing it, not only in the U S open qualifier I played in, but also the Maryland state golf, uh, open qualifier. It, it like kind of put a light bulb in my head of like, I need to go do this way more often. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. And I disagree because I've run, I've, I started out when I walked, I carried. And then when I joined my club, I said, you know what? I see all these guys with push carts. I'm going to get myself a push cart. And I've always been push cart, push cart, push cart, push cart. Until I started getting into, you know, I think I was playing a lot. So I was playing in a lot of different conditions. And I usually play like with the group I used to play with was at six, in between six and six thirty. So obviously you got to do. And then, if it rains, you got to do on top of any type of saturation. So I've noticed if it isn't really dry, you know, pushing a cart may actually actually be harder than if you were to just throw it on your back and carry it. I will say the conditions when I played both dry days, both non soggy days, like very good prime opportunities to go push cart. I, I I've done it a couple times in the past. And that's a couple of years ago. Uh, where I agree with what you just said. It it makes it kind of miserable to have that push cart there. So it definitely is like, you know, it's just like walking a golf course, right? Like the conditions kind of have to be prime. If it's pouring down rain, you really don't want to struggle with the umbrella and everything that's surrounding that. But, you know, do you want all the clubs to get wet on the golf cart if they don't have the hood? So, you know, there's so many variables of like, should I walk? Should I push cart it? And, and then, you know, at the end of the day, when your legs are thousand pound hammers, maybe you should ride, take up, take up a little bit of pride and, and ride that last day. Yeah. I mean, I, I hopped in the cart and immediately that, you know, I'm, I'm not taking as many steps and driving up to the ball. I, I was like, Oh, I'm actually starting to, Kind of recover a little bit. I felt like I had no chance to recover, even I was doing much as possible. And maybe I was just exhausted from uh, the weekend because you know I was up early playing early rounds and not, you know, I wasn't really coming home right away and just resting. I mean, I was going out and doing other things because we had the entire weekend. Um, I went down to Atlantic City for Sunday night Love for it. dinner. Love so, it. So you know, threw some threw some money on the. Uh, on the tables and unfortunately didn't go my way, but again, I'll tell yeah, you it, this, this weekend, I think it might've been a weather as well. Um, uh, was exhausting. I woke up, it this, was. I woke up Tuesday morning with a little bit of an eye twitch. Cause I think I was either like a extremely dehydrated B extremely exhausted. So you put those two together and my eye was like 
I think we need to go back to sleep, bud. Like this is just not the thing to do. Yeah. And it was a so, combination of a ton of golf, a ton of hanging out in the sun and a little bit of libations. Yeah. I mean, it, it was still a hell of a time. Still had a blast. It was a great weekend, great weather for it. So, I mean, but yeah, it kind of stems the question now. Like it, it, you really have to think and look at the, the variables as to whether you're going to ride, push or carry. Which actually brings the question, do you own a push cart now? I do not. Are, Both times I used it, it's um, it, it was my dad's, which also, like you're just probably alluding to, does really elude the question of what am I pulling a trigger on? Because I'm ready to be p- part of push cart mafia. I mean, I the one I've the one I have, uh, it's my third one. Actually, I'm on my third push cart. No, I lied. I'm on my fourth push cart. But this model is the one that everybody has at my course and seems to not have any issues with any type of terrain. I'm, I'm here for it. We're here for and reps, guys. Uh, if you want to send us recommendations at Enjoy the Walk Pod, Twitter, Instagram, um, let us know your favorite push carts. Uh, we'll do maybe a little segment next, uh, next week on what our favorite push carts are and what the best recommendations have come in. So uh, looking for that, guys. Go, go tell us what's your favorite push cart, and we'll feature it on the podcast next week. <laughs> um, but getting into match play, right? We've got our own, um, match play events, the deer cup out at running deer, the riddle cup out at, uh, Glenn riddle, Glenn riddle has a net match play and a gross match play. I'm pretty sure yours is just net based on, you know, some things which we'll get into. Uh, but before we get into that guys, if you want to play your own match play, go to our shop at www.enjoythewalkpod.com. Click on the pro shop or go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com www.enjoythewalkpod.com slash shop to make your own matches with your favorite hats and summer t-shirts from our shop and wear enjoy the walk podcast merch on and off the golf course this summer. So Dante, the deer cup, let's get into that first. Cause I know you wanted to dive into this match. You've got up and coming on Sunday, first match of the year, putting some pressure on the, on the back at the home club. What's, what's the deer cup all about? And, and what are, what are the members at it running deer getting to, participate in so we just got like a new pro from one of our other like i guess you can say our sister sister courses and he's been doing a hell of a job um so shout out to scott dunn with implementing more competitive play for our members which is awesome to see and this is the first year that they're putting in the deer cup uh and it basically depending on how many players wanted to play they were trying to get 64, but I guess with scheduling and all that, they, they really got up to 32 guys, which is still, which is still a solid bracket. Um, but you had the, you had the, it was like $60 buy-in for the whole tournament, whether you, and you had to qualify, you had to play a qualifying match so they could full hand. They, they take your handicap, obviously hundred mm-hmm. percent, but it wasn't like a set day that, Hey, we're going to have a qualifier. To anybody that was playing it around, you had up until a certain date to basically say, hey, I'm." and before you teed off, you said to the pro shop, this is my round for the qualifier, and I'll tell you my score at the end of the round. So I did that, and I did that like on the last weekend. I last-minute decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So we started up a new group. So everybody, the tournament actually plays from – the middle tees, the white tees, but I decided to do my qualifier from the blue tees 
not by acts, not on purpose and kind of on accident because that was the last day I was playing running beer for the qualifier. Um, and that was, uh, so I, I told them I was putting my score and we had like this new early bird group. We played at like six 30 in the morning. Dude, I'm like half asleep. I said, I'm doing it. This is my round. And I haven't been playing the best. I mean, we've talked about it. I've been struggling, you know, telling off on, on the pod, just saying mm-hmm. like, this is, I'm working on stuff and rough. Well, and this was the weekend after I played the qualifier at running deer shot a 92 day played basically the same set of tees and shot 76 for my qualifying round which at the time i was playing as a seven so that put me at net 69 i turned in my score and i looked at that and i said you gotta be kidding me i'm literally like the number one guy right now i'm going to be the number one seed <laughs> you backdoored yourself into a number this one is not seed. good so i'm already starting off but the deer cup basically it's 32 guys match play um and based on your qualifying scores how they bracket off everybody um so if you played bad in your qualifying score and you still made it you may actually even though you're a 16th seed may not necessarily mean that you are a true 16th seed it was just based off of that qualifying round and from there it's throughout the summer so it's not like we're doing this in the next two weeks which is great because i think this is kind of cool because it allows you to kind of build up your game and then you know if you have roller coaster rounds or whatnot Mm -hmm. it it kind of comes in the factor and it's throughout the remaining uh season but like every so many weeks that's when you have to uh you get so we got bracketed off you got your opponent and by a certain date you have to make time and out of your schedule to reach out to your opponent and say hey when are we going to get this match in so it's not on like a set date and then i guess you know obviously you work your way to the final two and whoever wins gets to hold the deer cup are they going to make an actual cup i don't know we'll see it's the first year they're doing it so i'm pretty excited but this upcoming weekend is the last weekend they get your round one in and i'm doing it on sunday (laughs) against my i love it i love it now it's, it's stuff like that where I play in both our net matches and our gross matches just to meet new people. There's, there's a ton of traction that our match play has in our club. We've done ours for a bunch of years now down at Glen Riddle. Um, there was 74 players in, in the net match play this That's year. Awesome. It's just so much fun. Uh, my first match was against a gentleman that I had never met before. And he's been a member there for, you know, way before I was born. Um, not just kidding. Glenville was made in 2006, but point being yeah, close, close enough. Right. Um, so he, he was, he was a member there forever. Um, and it was, it was really cool to just meet him. And, and that's what that match play does for me specifically. And I love just getting out there and playing some good old match play. Cause yeah. nothing better to be making a seven or an eight or a nine or a, a pickup in your pocket and only being one down. I, 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 you words out of my mouth, man. I love match play because you can go out, still focus on your own individual round if you're looking for posting or whatnot. But at the same time, if you like to compete, just because you blow up completely, you say, you know what? Sure hole. I'll see you on the next day. Yep. Absolutely. And then you That's just the like, best part about it. And you get really to mentally is. reset too, because that allows you so much easier of just like a calm cool and compressed because you don't have to go like grind over a putt uh for a nine and ha- make it matter you, you just pick it up and say all right next hole every, next every hole. hole is a new new match which is just yeah. the perfect way to do it 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see how this year is going to play out. Seems like we got a pretty good. I mean, 32 guys, you know, 16 and 16. I think is a pretty great start for the first year because I know like a lot of our guys are kind of hesitant as to whether they want to sign up or not because handicap is involved and you know the famous sandbagger word comes in and we're not too sure if you know is this guy legit or not and you know half the guys that are doing we all know each other and always compete within like our big money tournaments and all like our little money games on the weekend and there's half the guys that no one's ever heard of again which like you said isn't a great part of it because you get to meet people you don't know that's the whole camaraderie aspect of it but you know, a lot of these guys that I play with love to compete. They want to win, right? Yes. And, and it's like that's great. Like these guys aren't just going to do it to meet people. Yes, but that's second to them actually wanting to win. So a lot of them were hesitant. So I'm excited to see how it's going to play out this year. I think 32 guys is a good good showing for the first year. Um, but it is kind of it's 100 percent handicap in the match. Well, from the qualifier, but also in the match play. But you got to play off of your the low man. So I'm playing off a of six this weekend, and my opponent is playing off a of ten, or I'm playing off a of five based on the, the. Oh, I'm playing off a of five, I think. So I got to give him five strokes, and I basically have to play scratch. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait a second. If I'm a five, and I and I. I'm like, I'm not a scratch golfer, so I need help on the five <laughs> hardest holes. And he still gets a stroke on the five hardest holes. I have to play better than my handicap on those five hardest holes just to just to beat him. Yeah, that's an interesting way to do it for sure. I mean, we played in an event that was similar to that, not specifically, but like when you and I played in the Barstool um, Invitational or the Classic, um, you know, we, we played like 60% of of handicaps so something similar you know not t totally losing yeah. strokes when you're in a head-to-head -head match but um it, it'll be interesting to see if that like comes into play right like when those holes come up that you know oh crap i would have got a i would have got a stroke here like will will it matter at the end of the day or, or will you know that kind of depletion of the upfront strokes um even out in the end yeah it, it's gonna definitely be a big mental test for me uh this upcoming weekend so i'm excited for that to see how well, I can keep my composure, but, you know, I'm excited to play. I mean, I'm excited for the test um, to see what I can do, see if I can get into uh, into the second round. I really want to get to the second round because if the other two guys in the bracket, if the one guy wins, we work together and we've known each other for a while. So I think that'd be like, I definitely want, my goal was definitely make it to the second, second round, um, hoping my potential opponent makes it as well but obviously we have to get through the first so Love that's it. the first one, goal and one hole at a time one match at a time yeah, match, so play, it, match plays all about momentum yeah it's gonna be a good test uh for me because i've been actually i've been playing really well you know i've been texting you left and right things have been clicking and this past weekend things scoring wise hasn't been quick clicking so you know you get that thought in your head and i'm like ah oh, here we go I got to play this guy who's been actually, I've been looking at his scores. I know him, haven't played with him yet, but he's been playing well. So I was like, oh, great. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a good test. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, obviously. That's like, you know, end all be all. So hopefully, you know, 
the game shows up and the scoring shows up, the putter shows up, and uh, hopefully I can get it done. Awesome. I'm all about it, man. I wish you the best of luck, and I can't wait to check back in next week and and hear how it went, for better or for worse. Uh, yeah, guys, so if you we, we can to, definitely uh, recap you, that. If you want to plug Dante's eBay account, you can stay tuned Sunday evening to see how good it went before we even release the podcast. Yeah, that's a fact because I, I played that crap the other day. I think I texted you the eBay post is up and rolling. And I think I played a yeah. little bit better. I took it down. So if you see it up, that's, that's a, a good sign that said that I lost. For sure. For sure. It's always <laughs> a good indicator. Well, this, this begs the question, because now I'm seeing how your match play is set up and I'm seeing how ours is set up. Um, you know, do you guys play the same tees and get those strokes accordingly? Are you guys teeing off no matter if like he's a senior or, or not yeah, every, playing the same tees? Yeah. Everything's based off of the, uh, the white tees for everybody to play. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so this is so. interesting because, so my match that I ended up playing last Wednesday, um, I ended up winning four and three but I only had to give him seven strokes because he moved up to the white tees. I ended up playing all the way back. Um, since I'm a scratch, if he would have played at the gold tees, which is our equivalent to blues one tee back, he'd have gotten 12 strokes instead of seven. But since he moved up a set of tees, the way the handicap scale worked, he lost those strokes, but said taking the yardage was smarter. He had the option to move, move up, lose some strokes, or stay at the tees where you originally were planned to play because he's over 60 and, and get full 12 strokes. What, what do you think is the better play? Well, before I get to that, my first question is like your setup for your, for your match play tournament. Is that, do you pick the tees that you want to play? And is it, do you get your full handicap against his full handicap or it's is it, weird, or is it's, it's it like a weird dichotomy, right? So I'm a zero. Yeah. Now, for me, I don't know how specifically it works for everybody else, but the way I understand it is if I was a five and he was a 14, right, he would get nine strokes. Very similar to what you guys work. Yeah. So you, the low handicap plays the zero pretty much. Play, and, and then and you, you, you play off the low man. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that it was interesting to me because, and I think it just, it presented itself an interesting Cause it's the way the rules are written for any senior that wants to move up. They can, but they lose the strokes. So, you know what I'm saying? Like they can play the gold tees and not the whites, but then they get their like handicap according to like the slope rating and whatnot. So he chose to move up and thought he had a better chance to score well from the whites. So he did. Um, and I think we kind of did the math afterwards. If he now granted, you don't know because he would have played back. It's a completely different course, but I think he'd have gotten me by one if he'd have stayed at the regular tees or at least had a chance. Yeah. I mean, I can see that on a strokes aspect, but that doesn't necessarily mean now, if that guy's hitting his driver, like two twenty, you know, now you're putting, if you step back a set of tees and you hit that drive two twenty, you're looking at yourself putting, you know, fours and five irons in your hands, rather than if you play your set of tees short in the course, and you're still keeping that nine iron wedge in your hand, right? I think exactly. that guy has a mentally and knowing his game, a better chance of actually competing up against someone of a better skill set for, or like you playing your respective set of tees. 
for sure. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if we've had this conversation out in California, like put myself to a set of tees where I'm hitting pitching wedge into the green and you put your set yourself at a set of tees. So we're both, say we take both driver off the tee and I play like one or two up from you. And then I have, you know, I don't have it hit as far as you, you hit it much further, but we're in the same spot, both having a wedge into the green or whatnot. And I told him this too, right? The guy played um, 16th hole. It was the last hole of the day for the match. It ended up being, I hit probably the best drive of the day, had 110 yards in. Um, and he hit a great drive. We were right beside each other. Right. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, that's, I think when you're playing the right tees is when each of you hit a drive like that and you're within wedge range. Like that's fair to me. Yeah. You're playing. If you're both having a hundred in it, it's a game of a hundred yards in and that's it. You know, the driver's out of the question at this point, you yeah. guys are playing basically par threes all day. And I think that's, to go to your back to your question, you play your respective tees because you want to make sure that you're having a pitching wedge into the green rather than having a eight or seven iron and you having a pitching wedge. That's how I look at it. I 100% agree. Yeah, so it's an it's it's an interesting dichotomy. You know, play the same tees and and take more strokes, or play up a set of tees and and you know lose a couple strokes, but have a better ability to score. It. I I think personally. Now, granted, I can't remember the last time this is going to sound really douchey. Um, I can't remember the last time I was a high handicap. So I don't know how I would take that, you know, give or take scenario because I've been kind of so long in the other set where I've just always given strokes. So I don't care. Um, or or you can look at it this way. What tees do I play on a routine weekend basis? Yeah. It's the white tees. My ass is going to the white tees. And if you play the blues or blacks, you're going to go there because that's where, you know, the, the course and you know, your game around the course, like that's course management right there. Now yeah. I'm not going to sit there and back a set of tees up and play you just so I can get more strokes. Now I'm playing a completely different golf course for sure. Than no, what I normally play. hundred percent. And I think that throws you off your game more than knowing you get a couple X, couple less strokes. So yeah, Interesting I, lesson. I'd like to see what the listeners have to say. We'll post that question up on our Spotify, guys. Um, head out to our Spotify if you enjoy interactive listening. Spotify has entered a new, uh, I would say, platform setup that allows us to ask you guys questions during the podcast. And you can answer them, starts polls. Then we've got a good answer, give and take system from you guys so we know what you guys are listening to. So if you don't listen to us on Spotify, which analytics say most of you don't you itunes sons of guns um go to spotify if you don't already listen to us there uh check out some of the polls it makes it fun for you and us to see what everyone's opinions are on some of these uh you know a or b scenario questions so enjoy the walk off podcast guys on spotify go check it out um now dante you know with these matches coming up uh we've got a big debate on our hands it's and it's the watches versus range finders debate and you know the these not being usga sanctioned events we can wear the the watches we can you know put on the slope on our range finders if we want to i believe maybe not depends where we're playing but it, it begs the question right do we like the watch or do we like the range finder and is it a scenario given thing or is it like one is way way better than the other <laughs> I think one is, if you look at it, 
almost more on an analytical and course management size mm-hmm. side of things. One is way better than the other. And I strongly believe that the watches and kind of the whole course GPS kind of things absolutely defeats rangefinders. Yeah, rangefinders are great and all and they're quick and you can you know pull it out scope boom you get your number but is it though that's the question is it i don't think so because there's so many right like you miss so many aspects of the surrounding like terrain when you just have a rangefinder And I think, and and this is personally speaking here, in tournament golf and just trying to score on my own, you actually miss out on surveying where you need the ball to land, right? You become so like scope-minded that you you miss out on actually probably hitting a better, more well-informed shot because you're just worried about where's the pin? Well, where's the pin? Well, where's the pin? You can scope it with the rangefinder, like the pin's 150 on a par three. It's like, all right, I'm going to hit eight iron. Eight iron, I hit my eight iron 150. Do you hit your eight iron 150 or do you carry it 150 or do you actually carry it 140, 145? And what's right. like the cover? Not a lot of people take the time to scope out the cover of the of the green if there's water in front or there's junk in front to see, well, all right, there's the pin. What's the front of the green? How much room do I have to play? Is it the front 126 and I have the 150 or is it the pins just off the green you know, five paces and it's, I got to carry it a whole full 140, 142, you know, 142 yards, you know, and how much rollout do you get? A lot of people really don't think that, but the watches and all that, you can get those three numbers right out the gate. I mean, there's so much more to these, but I think having a watch that gives you front, middle, back Mm -hmm. is so much better. If you were just playing off of those three numbers, than if you were to play off of a range finder. I agree. And, and I'll get into talking about my most recent experience, my first ever experience with a true watch, right? I've seen, I've, I saw the pictures and the posts. I've that never had, had I've never had a watch. Unbelievable. Actually. I've never now, had a watch that was, you know, truly like getting me yardages and stuff. In the past, I've had that Bushnell wingman that you hook up with the app and you can kind of play back and forth on it. But this this watch that I have, and, and for folks that haven't followed us or are just finding out about us, go to at Enjoy the Walk Pod on Instagram. I've done a little bit of walkthrough video. We're going to have a lot more coming out over the next few weeks um, as we really dive into unboxing this thing, the experience I had just trying it out for the first time, and then walking you through a lot of the rounds on course with it um, is the new Sky Caddy LX5. Um, played one round with it, tee to green, logged my scores in it putts, fairways, um, everything, right? Like greens and regulations. You're able to track it all very quickly, which I, I loved. It was all just so quick touch point. Um, and on a day where super foggy down here, right? Like where actually people, guys were coming to me for like the first five or six holes. Hey, how far hmm. you got? How far? Because the range finders would not work. Yeah. They don't pick up. No, so you wouldn't work in the fog, which I thought was hilarious on the first day I ever wear a watch. It's like foggy and the rangefinders didn't work. I was like, how, you know, God is good. It's all working out well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this Sky Caddy watch is just really, really neat in the way that it's not just giving you like front, back, middle, and then that's the end of it, right? Like you've got a Bushnell one that kind of tells you front, back, middle. You can scroll a little bit, I believe, right? To kind of yeah, tell you. Yeah, they like, got some... 
they get some codes that tell you if there's like a green side bunker or front like it'll be like uh fgb front green yeah. side bunker and i'll tell you what number you have and it'll, it'll give you those little um creek crk just little numbers based off of where you're at and that's that's pretty much about it just kind of gives you more numbers than just scoping it yep well and that's what i loved about the sky caddy specifically this like the smart technology in it that allows you to kind of drag and drop on like a flyover of where you want the ball to land and then it tells you how much you've got in from there to the center of the green so you can kind of play like I call it video game mode of like, all right, well, if I want 120 in, how far do I have to hit it? Right. You hit the, you hit the little triangle. It's like playing Tiger Woods. You hit the triangle on P on PlayStation and it zooms into over the green. Dude, it is. I'm telling you, I had probably the most fun I've had on a golf course with a piece of technology in ages. I was dragging this little thing around like, oh, what if I hit it to 60 and then I have 80 and I don't like that number and I drag it back and forth. And then, you know, as you get up to the green too, it really, you're allowed to zoom in on these green complexes. Now it's not as fancy as like a golf logics and, and shout out to them because their green rating software on the app is just downright incredible. Um, the, the golf logic app tells you all like the slope and where it's going. Sky Caddy gives you the overall like green complex. And then it kind of gives you if there's tiers, if there's severe slopes in a, in, a, in a direction, it'll have it like a darker shade of green. But what you're allowed to do is on this like green view portion of the, of the watch is zoom in very close to the green. And it'll tell you if you have a front left pin, you can drag this little target around anywhere on the green. And it'll say three yards from the left, 15 from the front, 20 from the right, fifth or five from the back. That was the biggest thing that I think helped me hit a lot more greens in regulation and actually get closer to the pin that you don't have with the range finder, right? You can try and scope like the front edge of a bunker and say, okay, well, it's 142 to carry the front edge of the bunker, but well, it's really 145 to the edge of the green. And then I've only, you know, you don't, you aren't really able to tell a lot of times what true distance you have from where the pins at. And you can get very, very close to understanding with that with the watch, which is my biggest takeaway and my biggest like fun point of having this watch. And now I wore mine. You had a little trick on how you take your yeah. watch on the course. Until I lost it, unfortunately. <laughs> but I uh, basically kind of um, – because one thing, I, I wasn't a fan. Now, do you wear your watch in your right hand or you wear it on your left? Left. Left. So yep, so the glove hand, actually. Mine's yeah, the so, glove I hand. mean, I've always noticed that, like, the glove strap, you know, Velcro kept on coming undone. It was getting frustrating with, with the – because those things are big. Like – that's my next question is asking you how, how big is like the screen on, on like the watch. Yeah. Um, but I ended up basically taking off cause it was like the silicone. So I basically ripped off the, the straps. <laughs> so it was just like this little piece. And I was able to like, kind of like put like, I don't know, like string through it and tie it to my bag. So it almost kind of dangled with my bag. Like it was a bag tag. Sure. And just used it that way. So I just put my bag down look at it and then grab my club. So it was, I still had the watch aspect and kind of like the little dial, but mm -hmm. no, it didn't, I didn't wear it because it was not, it was just kind of bothering me, but obviously you wore yours. Seems like you had no issue with it, but how I'll is that dial what, big? It is. So 
for a watch in general, right? Um, you, you'll, you guys will see in the YouTube video and the Instagram and, and Facebook videos we put out here next week, um, just how big it is compared to like the everyday Van Heusen watch that I wore for God knows how long. I mean, I wore the, I wore the black finish off of it. I wore it so much every day. Um, it's a, it's slightly bigger than that. So, I mean, for reference and not many people understand like exactly how big is 1.39 inches. Uh, but it's pretty standard to a watch. I would say a little bit bigger than, than you know, a standard watch. But with that being said, I think it had to be that big because there's so much information that Sky Caddy packed into like this watch face and this and the system behind it that I think it had to be that big. But I'll tell you the biggest like factor for me is it has one of the most comfortable watch bands that I've ever had in my life too. It's like this nice, I would say almost like silicone kind of moisture absorbent rubber, if that makes sense. Um, it, it is a very comfortable watch band. And I think that sets it apart in being able to like, there's sometimes I forgot it was there. Like I had it just tight enough where it doesn't wobble, but not tight enough to be like really so where restricted. You can feel it the entire time. Yeah. And like I said, I wore a glove on it too. I wore a glove on my left hand, obviously. So the glove was on and then it was like right at the end of the glove line. So it was past my wrist, like flex, you know, I never felt like I was coming through and then like hitting it on the follow through. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm 18 holes in on this watch and, and I think um, I'm going to definitely continue to wear it. What I do love about it is too, once you're out of golf mode, it's just like a standard golf watch. It's got about eight or nine different like watch home faces that just tell time. You can make it have like a classy look. You can have it kind of in sport mode. It still tracks your steps, your miles walked. Like it's still got a health aspect of it too. So you don't have to just wear it on the golf course, which is pretty neat. That's interesting, which is always cool. Cause it's kind of like you're more, here's your two in one kind of watch, but Going back kind of like the tech, mm-hmm. is it is it downloadable software or how's how's that work? Or is it picking it up off of a you know satellite? Yeah, so I it's very true to Sky Caddy fashion. If anyone's had like any of the older Sky Caddy GPSs, kind of like the more blockier ones, I guess you could call them, the ones you carried around. Um it's the blackberries. Yeah, it's all off a of satellite. It is, you know, when you first set up the watch, you've got to connect it to Wi-Fi. You've got to pair it with your phone so that it can kind of get set up to your membership. But once your membership's rolling, it is 100% standalone. I could leave my golf, I could leave my phone in the in the car and, and go off and play a full round and not even worry about this thing syncing up to my phone at all. It is 100% standalone, which is the best part about it. That's awesome. Now, is there something like, do you have to do updates frequently with it? Did it ever mention anything about that? Because I know sometimes when you have stuff like that, you need to like update coordinates or whatnot. Haven't seen that kind of like need for it yet. Now, granted, I haven't had it that long, so I will kind of have to you know keep up to date and see where that goes or what you know what might be all involved in that. But I, I think every time you turn it on, it, it it syncs itself, and if it needs to update, it might even do it behind the scenes because I haven't seen the need to update the software or anything like that since I've turned it on and, and used it multiple times. So oh, that's awesome. Cause, cause I know like when we used to, you know, us growing up, um, GPS became more big of a thing, not only in golf, but also kind of driving around. And I remember having, you know, the big blocked 
kind of almost like the original sky caddy went on a gps and we had to update it frequently and hook it up to the computer all that but that's that's kind of that's that's huge too because i mean there's probably what thousands of courses like on that device and what's wild too is you can tell sky caddy has done just an immense amount of work to to load every golf course that they possibly could there's golf courses on here that have closed down that are still on like the sky caddy system <laughs> there's golf courses like when you load it up it'll obviously give you the one that's in closest proximity to you but you can also scroll through a list of like 20 courses that are in like proximity that you can go play so i mean at least down here in our in my like ocean city maryland area uh sky caddy has every golf course that is down here mapped uh, which is just absurd. It's, it's exciting for me. Like I'm going to take it every round I play down here. I'm going to take it every round I play everywhere. If I'm being all honest yeah, with you, right why now. not? Um, I, I think it just, what, what was awesome for me too, is um, I saw a conversation that Matt Fitzpatrick had about how he tracks everything from all of his rounds. And he's able to make like a statistical decision based on how he missed fairways left or right, how he missed greens left or right. You're able to do that with this Sky Caddy LX5 with just a click of a button, a little arrow to the left if you miss it, a little arrow to the right if you miss it that way. And it saves all that. And then that's where the phone comes in handy after the round. You can pull up the app and it shows you all these graphs and shit that like shows your statistics on how you played that round of golf from fairways to greens and putts and everything. That's the most exciting part for me. I cannot wait to be at like August or September and see all my statistics from the summer of where I miss things and, and then how to improve, right? Like that's how we build. Yeah. That's how we get better. Yeah. I mean, you can go on the range like we we've talked about and just beat balls over and over and over again and hit, go to the putting green and hit the same putt over and over and over again. That's going to get you only so far, but if you get some data in front of you and realize, wow, I'm missing half of the greens and trying to get up and down, well, that's a problem. Let me work on the accuracy of my irons or my wedges, or I have 40 putts. Maybe I need to limit how many times I have the putter in my hand. Yeah. Now it's, it's exciting stuff. I cannot wait to see what exactly, um, you know, the sky caddy tells me I need to work on, you know, or, or whatever. So I'm just, I'm super excited to just stay up to date with, not only, you know, my statistics, but just be in the know of what this golf course is presenting to me. A lot of golf courses down here are not as hilly or as just like slope change from tee to green. So a lot of times there's some blind shots. You don't know where the golf ball is landing because it's so flat. Um, and, and this guy caddy is able to tell you that from the tee, which I think is the and best ha- part. And half the time about like kind of those blind shots, whether it's downhill or uphill, and you're not too sure what what's in front of you whether it's like the elevation aspect it's more of oh is there water up there at least i can know yep like you don't have to worry about necessarily knowing the number like oh what's the uh elevation change is it 140 playing like 125 i can figure that out on my own it's more knowing what's down there or what's above there that you know is hazardous that i i may get myself in trouble and that's like the biggest key when it comes to those devices where you can i'll put it this way this takes resort golf where you've got that little thing if you're in the cart where you can punch numbers in all day and say hey i want this in or how far is it to that shit and everyone's tapping on screens this takes that screen in a cart and allows walkers like us to have it right on your wrist without 
any trouble. You're not bugging people for yardages. It's all on your wrist. And guys, for you, if you want to go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com or go to our Instagram at enjoythewalkpod, you can go to skygolf.com slash enjoythewalkpod and you can get $100 off right now. They're actually running a full swing into summer promotion, $100 off the watch, um, $100 off the watch and 360 pro plan for five years, typically a $399 purchase for the five-year plan. You can get it for $299 guys. I'm telling you, this watch is worth every cent of that. If you're a diehard golfer, like we are, you play every day, you walk every day, even if you don't walk every day and the golf course you have, doesn't have those uh, GPS systems on it. This, this watch is going to save you time. It's going to save you frustration. Um, Like I said, I was never a watch guys. First watch I ever put on. Um, and I am blown away by how much I enjoyed it. I'm assuming you used it over the weekend. All, uh, all three. Yeah. I, I used it every round I played. I, I'm telling you it, it's something where I actually forgot to take it off and put it on the charger. And I was mad. That oh, morning. I had that. to like put it back. Hate that. Yeah. I left it on. It's a, it's a comfortable watch too. That's the other thing. Like I forgot I had it on and I just kind of was like hanging around. I fell asleep on the futon. I woke up in the morning, like pissed at myself. Figures. Like, yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? I you mean, know? listen, I've seen you fall asleep in in a folding chair. <laughs> we'll talk about my prowess to fall asleep uh, another day. But yeah, Sky <laughs> Caddy LX Five guys, go check it out. Uh, send us a message if you've got any questions about it. We'd be more than happy to answer it. Uh, and as we said, guys, go check it out. Um, go get yourself a Sky Caddy LX Five while you can on promotion for a hundred dollars off. Now, link is in our bio for a hundred dollars off. Um, so Dante, before we get into the final portion of this podcast, there is some massive news. I don't know if you've been online or checked out the Google machine since we've been <laughs> recording here on 531.22. The list of names is out for the Live Golf organization. Oh, now, here we go. I don't want you touching a button. I want you to say what you had to say. Before we talk about the names, because I want to hear, guys, Dante says he has had enough and he wants to tell you why. So before we check at names, put the computer down, Dante. I want to hear why you are done with the Live Golf organization, because we've had a lot of BS hype around it again this past week. Oh, my God. No, no laying up has kind of went nuts in, uh, you know, in back and forth with us a little bit as well on why it's a garbage, garbage, garbage platform um i'm ready to hear the bs that surrounds live golf and then we'll get into who's I'm, playing in it dude i'm just tired of it i had until i will i will not pay attention until there's a first t peg and at the first event pushed into the ground other than that it, it, it seems like they're just it, it's just like oh let's have an ego contest who you know let's just push <laughs> each other's buttons and and they're they're doing it phenomenally they really are. Both tours, PGA and the Live Golf. They're going back and forth with each other, getting everybody else in the middle that's trying to follow it, all riled up. Yet nothing has happened, and it's driving me insane. I'm done with it. I'm over it. I don't care until the first event happens. Then I'll, you, I may have a, a change, but and it seems like they're going about the – it's the same freaking fight over and over and over again. Oh, no one, you know – needs to compete with the PGA tour. The PGA tour is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh, this is just Greg Norman because he's been pissed off at the PGA tour for X amount of years or 
oh, it's backed by the Saudi Arabias and they it's a bunch of blood money. Like whatever you think about it, shut up. Just shut up about it. it okay. The whole Saudi thing and the money. I can guarantee you that would not be a different. We would be having a different conversation if the money was coming from somebody else. But the fact that it's coming from the Saudi, how many other investors are out there in the world investing that you actually do not know of that are pumping their own money investing into these types of corporations? We just know because it's been publicly announced. So everybody's all up in arms about that. You know, I get it, man. Their way of life, absolutely nuts. Not something I agree with, but. At the end of the day, that's who's funding this league. There's nothing I can change about that. Whatever. But again, a T-peg hasn't been stuck into the ground yet. But everybody's getting so damn pissed off about it. And, you know, fighting over this and fighting over that and having this opinion and having that opinion. Nothing's happened. I ha- like Right. Well, and that's what – so so we'll, we'll go in here. We'll go in. From here, I mean, right? we're talking um, as as we were live on the podcast, and and Dante, I think, is unaware about this. So I'm going to break the news to not only <laughs> you guys but Dante as well. Um, the names for the first live golf field in London um, were announced, and headlining those names are Dustin Johnson, Louis Oosthuizen, Kevin Na, Taylor Gooch, Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, and Ian Poulter. Now. There's some American amateurs in this field that I also want to touch on here. Two past American uh, U.S. amateur champions, Andy Ogletree and James P.O. are also playing, along with previous world amateur number one, Peter Uline, uh, Chase Kepka, Brooks Kepka's younger brother, playing in the field, Graham McDowell, Martin Keimer, previous U.S. Open winner there. Um, all of a sudden, this field doesn't look so weak. And all of a sudden, it's a pretty damn good field for the first event ever. And all of a sudden, because of the world golf rankings in the Live Golf, that are their average world golf rankings, the Live Golf tournament is allowed to give out official world golf rankings because of so many high profile players playing in it. So now not only can they host an event, they can give out official world golf rankings at the event. All of a sudden there are some high profile names leaving and it starts to beg the question, will the PGA tour ban just cold Turkey ban anyone who teased, put it, put it, put the peg in the ground because now you've got Dustin Johnson PGA Tour regular, Louis Oosthuizen, Kevin Na, Taylor Gooch, PGA Tour regular. Sergio Garcia was the only name on this list everyone knew was already gone because he, <laughs> of the big fiasco last week or the week yeah. before. Um, you know, and, and here's the one thing I will say, and I think you hit the, na- the nail on the head when saying, why is it so bad, yada, yada, yada. Comments from around the golf world, pretty standard, I would say, from what we've been seeing. Sad to see Andy Ogletree and James P.O. throw in the towel before even making it to the tour. Why is it throwing in the towel? Why isn't it good for them on making a business decision on their part and going and getting generational money 
or having the opportunity to anyway. They haven't teed it up yet. Like you said, nothing's truly happened yet. Yeah, no, I, yeah exactly. I was gonna, that was gonna be my comment after you headlining all these pros. No one's stuck a tee in the ground yet, and the event hasn't really kicked off until then. That I'm, I, I mean, I see both sides of it, right? I see the aspects of the invested money where, you know, it's coming from blood money. Is that the right thing? Probably not. But I also see it on, you know, if you're looking at it at a different level, right? Let's take pros out of this, right? Let's like take these already PGA card guys. This is an opportunity for those who have been struggling year after year after year to make it to the PGA tour, or maybe they just don't have enough money to get themselves funded to get to where they need to be on the PGA tour on an aspect where, oh, this is an opportunity where if I can get a crap ton of money in my pocket, that might be able to set me up. But yes, I know, but I hear me, but, hear me out. You know, PJ tour here. might kick you out. Kind hear of hear me out here, Dante. Hear me out. Over half the field is inside the top 100 in the official golf world, world rankings. That this isn't like a, a who's who of struggling, right? Like all I'm of a sudden, looking at all the way on that other side of things, though. I I do see there, and I think it really comes into play with who we just mentioned: Andy Ogletree, Chase Kepka, uh, you know, PO. Uh, the previous USAM winner, winner, Peter Uline, who's kind of struggling to make it out on tour. Um, Martin Keimer's been on a little bit of a downhill, downhill spiral lately. Um, what I think is interesting, no Phil, no Jason Kokrak, who said he was leaving. Um, I mean, th- those two names alone tell me either Phil is really damaged his reputation to the point where he doesn't want to do anything. And he backpedaled hard. Yeah. Told Greg Norman, Hey, it ain't worth it, bud. Or there's still rumblings. There's still six spots unaccounted for. Does Phil pull a WWE and come out in the smoke and, and blaze out of the tunnel on, on, on the first day. The undertaker. Yeah. Does he just play? Does he get announced? The bells go go? Oh. Uh, trust me again like again I, I see it kind of on the extremes of both sides um and what it it hurts and what it could potentially be um and then again you know you're seeing these names and yeah all right yeah i i'm still sticking to my word i'm i'm over it and I'll maybe reconsider my comments until i see the uh, first event played and the first guy uh, stick the tea in the ground. Why I've always respected your opinion and valued your confidence in what you say. You are never uh, on the pulls trigger too quickly side of things. You're always <laughs> on the, I will wait and watch and hear me out when I do. So, um, you know, always, I, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I'll be honest, you know, after, um, after seeing this list again, it's great and all, it's talk, it's buzz, it's hype, it's this, it's that. Um, I need to see it played out. I need to see it played out. But again, I'm in the in the in the team at least that's, that seems very unpopular at least on Twitter and on all social medias. Of let's see it be played. Let let's see it out. Let's see how it goes um, and go from there. Right. I, I'm I am sick of these PGA Tour puppets, which are a lot of talking heads on social media that are just saying 
you know, the same old song, old tired song and dance at this point that we've all heard a million and one times over that it's Saudi money. Okay, great. It's Saudi money. But other than Saudi money, why do you not like it? And most people don't have an answer for you because they're just repeating the money part that the PGA tour has been shouting from the rooftop since day one. I, I don't even think it's the money. It's the political policies and how they do things over in their country. I would, I agree with that. I, I should have clarified where the money comes from and why, right? That's and why, why. which yeah. yeah, every right to be concerned about that, but that's just one aspect of it. And again, like I'm not for them. I, you know, I just think there would be different conversations if, say, the money was coming from someone else. But, yeah. again, we have to see this play out. Like, that's one aspect of it. But there's other factors to it. Um, you kind of have to look at it from above and see kind of, like, again, seeing it play out. I, I'm, I'm probably going to – I sound like I'm beating a dead horse or a broken record here, but – Again, no TPEG has been in the in the turf yet. I haven't seen it. You know, the first event is projected to play. I, I'm kind of going right there with yeah. my word. I'll, I'll see. I, I'll, I'll you tell know, you this. We'll re, resurface when it happens. I'll tell you this. Um, they've got a a viewer in me. I'm interested to see it now. Uh, it's and, no. It's no longer just the uh, Jedediah Morgans or Blake Windreds of, of the golf world. Now it's over half the field's top 100 in, in the world. I'm interested. Yeah, it will be. Uh, see what happens. I'm, There's I'm all really right. nothing much more we can do. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, I'm loving golf Twitter right now. It's all I can say. Uh, Ryan Barath, uh, shout out to you. He said golf Twitter was made for nights like this. Uh, <laughs> it, it is true. When, when, when things drop uh, like this in the golf world, they just go nuts forever. Um, so I, I think, you know, if you look back at comments made too, right? DJ made his alliance to the tour. He said, I am loyal to the tour, this, that, or the other. And then a couple weeks later, Greg Norman talked about a two-time major winner uh, that he had in his office. I mean, looking back on it, it had to be DJ, right? When you look at the, the, the kind of the shuffle fall, it, it had to be DJ he was talking about, which then all of a sudden it wasn't Phil. And now everyone's got their crosshairs pointed in the wrong direction. And maybe Phil was truly the right intentions all along and just trying to get the PGA tour to make some improvements. And instead he got caught in the crosshairs. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man, I'm no pro, so I don't have to make this decision. Uh, but again, I like to see how things play out. Like you said, you're in, interested in seeing what happens, but you know, the again, sad, this is the sad losers of this announcement right now is the RBC heritage next week where DJ is an ambassador for the RBC heritage, all of a sudden not playing in that event because of his announcement to go play in the live golf. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lots, lots, lots of news to come from, from this next week. See how it plays out. See the PGA tours response and see what comes 
of all of this shuffling now that the initial list is out for the live golf. Yeah, that's, I think that's where you'll see kind of the true exposure of what potentially it can and cannot be on both sides of things is when the event, if and and when it, uh, you know, again, we've said it again, time and time, uh, when the first player puts his tee peg into the ground and that event really kicks off to the response of how that event plays out and also the PGA Tour's response. That's where I think things may or may not get messy between the two leagues and also Twitter. I love this and we'll leave on this. We'll leave on this note. Uh, shout out uh, Job Fickett from Twitter. He said, uh, single DJ, my allegiance is to the PGA Tour. Married for less than a month and realized how much Paulina spent on her bachelorette party. Send <laughs> lawyers, guns, and money. <laughs> you got to find some humor in it because all of this stuff is just absolutely too crazy. Um, as always, guys, you can go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com to check out the latest show notes from us as well as the latest merchandise from us in the shop. You can go to at enjoythewalkpod on Instagram and Twitter uh, to find our latest posts, the latest talking points, and all of our links to our coupon codes below, including the Sky Caddy LX5 watch that we talked about in today's show. Um, and as always, guys, we share thanks to you all. So if you'd like today's episode, share it with a friend, share it with a family, share it with who any anybody who listens and plays golf or listens to golf podcasts. So guys, till next time, as always, get out there, carry your clubs, and enjoy the walk.